EcoHealth, your internet radio. Good afternoon and welcome here on Radio EcoHealth. And it's a road trip show today again. We've got Diedrich here. And he's going to talk about his trip that he had last week uh, down to Cape Town. Um, and uh, back, it sounds like it was quite interesting and eventful. But uh, let's get... Okay, Diedrich, let's see. Are we, are we all on board here now? Yes, we Excellent, are. Excellent, man. We are on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we had a we had an interesting week. I had to go to Cape Town on some on some business. And whenever we do that, we obviously use it as a bit of road trip and uh adding finding spots and just generally having a bit of an explore. I I've grown out of this um what we call RSAPS disease, as soon as possible disease. <laughs> I, I like to meander and to explore and yeah. find little spots and all the rest of it. But anyways, yeah, so we had to go to Cape Town. And uh, it was a pretty straight run through to Cape Town because I had a deadline to get into into the city there. So we took the normal route just straight down the N1 through Kronstadt, Fentersburg, etc. Fentersburg, by the way, you got to stop in Fentersburg, best built on the route. Oh, lacquer. But he's moved. He's moved premises. He had me foxed for a little while. I'd go into town and I see the oh. place is closed. And I was like, ah, I know what's happened. And the little signs, he was on the other side of the bridge. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not convinced of, the, of his location now because now it's a mission to get back onto the highway. Yes. So I hope he doesn't lose business. But he's probably one of the best piltong shops on the entire route in Fentersburg. You've got to go there. Like and an interesting little one in Fentersburg, there's actually a police museum in Fentersburg. Police museum? A police museum, an SAPS museum in Fentersburg. Tiny little spot, much like the one down in um, Cape Town. There's one, you just think where it is, it's down towards um, Fishhook as well. There's a very, very nice police museum in Fishhook. But anyway, okay. so the normal route down the end ones, you're hitting, hitting Fentersburg. The next stop is, or the next spot is Winburg. And Winburg, again, is one of those spots off off the highway you never really get through it the town is a little bit dilapidated but it's one of the big fortress monuments is actually in Winburg and it was the first town established by the fortress under Andries Potchita and believe it or not one of those republics it was the Republic of Winburg Potchestrom established in 1840 okay those wow. foot like I said before you <laughs> put five of them in a room you got six political parties and seven churches immediately <laughs> so there was this gaggle of little little republics that got set up but yeah. it eventually got incorporated into the Orange Free State. There's the remnants of an old concentration camp there as well. One of those notorious concentration camps is actually in Winburg. One of the most beautiful churches, big Dutch Reformed church, the first one, the oldest Re- Dutch Reformed church in the Free State is in Winburg. And it's the birthplace of M.T. Steyn, the last president of the Free State, the chap who got involved with Paul Kruger to fight the British in our Anglo-Boer War, Second War of Independence, or South African War. Whichever one you want to take again. <laughs> anyway, the next major stop, obviously, is Bloemfontein. We always go screaming around Bloemfontein. Bloemfontein as a city is not, not a great place to drive through. Lots and lots to see in Bloemfontein. It'll be an episode on its own at some stage. But then we hit Tromsburg. Tromsburg is a funny little spot. It's a tiny little town, but it was, I think it's got probably one of the biggest hospitals in the country. Oh, just okay. off on just off the highway, and it kind of makes sense because it's like a halfway stop. It's exactly for, it's like 500 kilometers out of Johannesburg, so yeah. as an emergency services kind of spot, it's probably the spot that covers the entire Sunrail N1 because it's easy to get to. Yeah. So 
It's it's like it's an, 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 an anomaly. You, you you go in there and it doesn't make sense, but then you think about it logically and you go, okay, they have to dispatch emergency services. It's forty minutes at screaming speed into Bloom. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> so kind of makes sense. But I've got a, <laughs> another weird little story about Tromsberg. I also, I mean, I've got the road trip app, but I've also got that diesel app for called pit stops. Yes. And the previous trip, I stop in Tromsberg and they're out of fuel. Oh, love. And then you're stuck. Oh, no. Now you're stuck. Your tank's empty. You've done 500 k's. Your car's got 600, so you've got like 100 k's to go. And um, I had to use my own app to find fuel, and then it reminded me there's a co-op around the corner. <laughs> and uh, they, they still had fuel. They were waiting for deliveries. Deliveries have been delayed for like a week or something. Oh, no. <laughs> and as normal, there's the little Trek Memorial, the 1938 Memorial, and the 1988 Memorial in Tromsberg. And we decided then to go out on the other road, the R717, through to Philippolis. And it's one of those forgotten little Karoo Dorpies. But I haven't been there for many, many years. But driving through it now, it's had an amazing little resurrection. It's almost turning into a kind of little bohemian town. Nice-looking little guest houses, lots of little old Karoo houses, little stoops that have been renovated, lots of shops, artistic gitana shops. Nice. You know, you can see, like, the handcraft stuff. And it's becoming a very nice little attraction. So, <laughs> Philippolis was a surprising stop for us. And we actually, I actually stopped there on purpose because I needed some better photos of the cannons on top of the copy. It was Adam ah. Cook, the chappie that we spoke about, I think, last week or the week before, yes. who led that other trek down to the Eastern Cape, has got a, a, a commemorative spot there in Tromsberg, and there's two little cannons on top of the copy. So okay. I had to stop and get some better photos for, for, for the app. <laughs> and we get, we get out of Tromsberg, or out of Philippolis, rather, and we're heading down... And the next major feature on that road is when you cross over the Kharip or the Orange River. And it's always worth a stop on that river because to see how massive the thing is. And I mean, it's literally, it's a kilometer wide. It is, it's an yeah. awesome, awesome river. But as we're getting to this river, I'm concentrating on the road. My daughter says, Dad, 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 stop, stop, stop. Monument, monument, monument. Go, Whoa, what's happening? So, <laughs> so do a U-turn on the road. And, and, and there on top of a copy next to the highway is a little monument, and it's very, very unclear. And we couldn't get to the thing. And my daughter eventually says to me, no, no, Dad, I'll, I'll climb the copy for you. Okay, so <laughs> I drop her on the side of the road, and she sallies, sallies forth into the bushes. I drive around and try and go through the farm, <laughs> through the farm to try and get to this place, but there's, there's warning signs all over, the, all over the gates, and it's padlocked, and... Those kind of signs are all over the farm. <laughs> so we got probably a better idea not to, not to just open the gate. Yeah. And we still don't know what it is. So I took a couple of long-range photos, and I sent it to Emil, the history professor. Yes. And he's trying to find out what monument it is. And it, it, it's a typical, the shape and size of it is a typical Anglo-Boer War regimental yeah. monument. little square stone with like a little pyramid thing on top. And we still haven't discovered what it is. So that's a bit, okay. of, bit of homework that came out of the trip. But, I mean, that, that, to me, that keeps, keeps yeah. kind of, kind of things, things exciting. Yes. I, yeah, I think you mentioned it last week. It's just interesting stuff that, 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 that you see like this. Then, I mean, that, that the R717 then eventually rejoins the N1 at Colesburg. 
And I was driving through Colesburg and I actually said to my daughter then that, that Colesburg was actually the inspiration for starting the app. Because you drive through Colesburg and again, all sorts of nice little shops and places there. Unfortunately, one or two of them have seemed to have disappeared. But there's a funny little memorial. Just as you go through Colesburg from the northern side, you hit the bottom and you get to the main church. And those little towns, the road always like has a circle around the main church in those, in those little towns. Yeah, yeah. There's this funny little... <laughs> It, it, it almost looks like a florist's stand. Okay. A little steelworky thing. And I, and I drove past there the one day and I thought, what, what am I looking at? So I got out the car and had a look. And it was a memorial raised with funds raised by the people of Colesburg to honor Queen Victoria's Jubilee. Really? <laughs> <laughs> In Colesburg, yeah. <laughs> And it's sort of, again, one of these little things that seems so out of place in this little town yeah. that they've got something for Queen Victoria there. And I just thought, wow, you know, that's, 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 again, it's just, just cool to find something like that in South Africa, that there was such a feeling for empire and for God and country in Colesburg. Yeah, of all places. Of all places in Colesburg <laughs> that they raised by public subscription a memorial to commemorate Victoria's Jubilee. <laughs> So, yeah, so that, that's actually where road, the road trip app started from. Because I thought, you know, people are going to miss that kind of stuff. But it's just yeah. a, it's a funny little weird piece of history. Yeah, that's out of place. <laughs> but, yeah, then you continue on down the N1. You've got Hanover. You've got Richmond. Richmond, one of my favorite stops. It's got that most marvelous bookstore in Richmond. And some guy, the story is that he was, that he was clever enough to buy up the stock of a whole lot of old provincial libraries. Yeah. And he's joined up four houses that is just books. Yeah. You walk yeah. in there and it's just shelves and shelves and shelves of books, books on the floor, books in the passage, books on shelves, books in the entrance, books everywhere. <laughs> and a couple of days later when I was in Cape Town, I actually picked up a book, a photographic book on the Karoo. And his bookshop actually features in that beautiful book on the historical Karoo. Okay. And the funny part of it, he's got a very dusty old giraffe, a stuffed giraffe head <laughs> that stands on the floor. Okay. And that, that picture actually featured in that book. But he's apparently moving. His business is good enough that he's moving across the road now and he's got two, two or three other renovated houses. Yeah. But you walk into the little bookstore and my daughter was looking for a couple of books. And he says, do you have this and this and this title by this author? And he actually went and found it. In this entire mess of books, there's books everywhere, yeah. he actually found it. So my daughter walked out with one or two of the classic titles. I think she got <laughs> Wuthering Heights out of it and spent the rest of the trip to Cape Town buried in her book there. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <coughs> but then, then you head off down towards Three Sisters. And it relates to a little bit later on in the program, but Three Sisters, you actually start hitting, you see the very, very first wind turbine project in that area there's wind turbine projects springing up all over that northern cape yeah and sort of western western cape kind of area i heard there's quite a, a couple of big farms uh, wind farms down there are some the huge 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 places developing and i'll, I'll touch on those a little bit later on in the program because it, it, it plays a part of the story here and then, of course, you get to the Crom River Blockhouse. If you never see one of the blockhouses, right? It's, it's, it's a little bit off the road, but it's one of the better preserved blockhouses. Then, of course, then you hit Beaufort West, where we decided to overnight. 
Again, one yeah. of my favorite spots, that little Karoo town. Beautiful, quiet, starry night kind of kind of spot. Yeah. <laughs> but next day, off we go. I love the normal trip, you know, Leo come to Langsburg, Mikey's Fontaine. Don't forget the Mikey's Fontaine competition, guys. Got another <laughs> week to run. You still got to enter that one. It's all over our social media stuff. And then Toes River and eventually into Cape Town. But part of the, the fun, the fun bit of this app is that even in Cape Town, as many of the places as we've already got, I still managed to find a new spot in Cape Town that we don't have. Oh, and, okay. <laughs> and it's literally, it's passed by must be tens of thousands of people every day. It's on the beach road down, but just as you come out of Musenberg heading towards Mitchell's Plain. And on top of this little mound, there's this great big black pyramid oh up on the top of a copy black big black pyramid okay and i had to do a couple of circuits to find the entrance to it but drive up there and you get a beautiful view i mean you're sitting in mitchell's plain and the view out over false bay is fantastic you got the whole of false bay in front of you right from cape hunklip right through to cape point on a clear day it's the most magnificent view but it's a memorial to all the people who have succumbed to hiv and aids Oh, so kind nice. of a kind of a moving little memorial there. So that that to me is just one of those one of the joys of doing a project like this. You're forever finding these little weird and wonderful <laughs> yeah. little spots. So anyway, we have we have our two three days worth of business in Cape Town, and then I decide it's time to now head home. And. I'd managed to do what I need to do in Cape Town a little bit early, so I thought, okay, I'm going to go up the West Coast area. And I've had one of my little bucket list areas, and I've known about it, and it's been on the app for a while, but a spot in a little town called Luriesfontein. Now, Luriesfontein is a tiny little dorpy northern Cape in nothing. (laughs) <laughs> so we leave Cape Town and we decide that we're going to go and end end target for the day was going to be Luris Fontaine. So we head up and I popped into every single little town on the N7. So we we start up and we go through Malmesbury. And in Malmesbury I actually found two new monuments that no one really knew about. Both, both that are outside the post office area. The post office and City Hall are always the best hunting grounds for these mo- monuments and memorials. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, 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 people tend to put them up there. You either that, <laughs> or you go look at the at the the big church, the Inchia Kerk in the little dorpies has always got something as well. Yeah, yeah. The City Hall, post office, or the or the central circle in town. Those that's normally where you find the stuff. Yeah, yeah, and. One was an undated one, and not a not a particularly spectacular one, but just a memorial plaque on a rock that's been mounted. But in memory of all those who gave their lives on active duty. Okay. Now, no dates involved on it, but sort of a very general little monument. So I don't know if it dates Border War, First World War, Second World yeah. War, Anglo-Boer War. Was it police or... Police, what? army, no idea. <laughs> the words on it were just... In memory of all those who gave their lives on active service. Okay. So we need to do a little bit more investigation on on exactly where that one came from. (laughs) 
And then there's also a 1988 Great Trek Memorial. Now, these, these little 1988 Great Trek Memorials are popping up all over the country. And yeah. we find, we're finding more and more of them. And this one was particularly well done. <coughs> Sorry. Because most, most of them are just a little plaque with one, 150 years or something on it. Yeah. But this one actually had a very nice relief on it with scenes from the Great Trek. So you've got, uh, you've got um, Pretorius with the cannon at Blood River. You've got, you know, one or two of the other, other scenes. Sorry. <coughs> oh. And you've got one or two of the other scenes out of the Great Trek on it. But it's a, it's a slightly unusual one in that it's slightly more elaborate than the other 1988 memorials. Yeah, yeah. Then Muriersburg. And Muriersburg struck me because it's just such a weird spelling. It's a double O, double R, double E. And uh, <laughs> I don't think there's any other town in South Africa with double, triple double letters anywhere in it. Yeah. <laughs> Muriersburg. Muriersburg. Yeah, you have to uh, really pronounce it yeah, no, properly. Yeah, I think well, you, you're just out of the Malmesbury Bray area. So Malmesbury. The Malmesbury Bray. <laughs> I think I'm going to play us some music. I heard you mens- mentioned uh, Three Sisters. So I'm going to play what, what that one. What have you one. got lined up yet? I'm going to play that one. Uh, I'm going to get you some water. Ah, I think you play. need some. Okay, we'll be back shortly. Cool, thank you. Daar is drie sisters, drie sisters, op drie sisters. Dis lekker op drie sisters. Daar sê ons is weer terug hier saam met Diedrik op die roadtrip show. Uh, ja, we had a lekker chat now. Uh, that, <laughs> but ja, we all mentioned that as well. And uh, ja, let's continue. Yeah, so we, we're heading up the N7. And uh, that Western Cape area... All those little towns are humming. They are absolutely humming. You can see the citrus. The citrus is working. The farms are going. The irrigation systems are beautiful. You go into the little towns. The co-ops are pristine. You can literally eat off the floor from those co-ops. And it gives you hope that there is still so much that is working in this country. And it's working and it's working well. It really is working well. And... You know, we crossed, we crossed five provinces in this little road trip. And we started in Gauteng, you hit the Free State, then you get to the Western Cape, we get Northern Cape, and we hit little bits and pieces of the Northwest Province. Yeah. And it gives you such a nice overview of the country. You stop and you talk to people, and you chat to the guest house owner, and you chat to the guy in the restaurant, and you, you, know, you chat to the lady for lunch who's serving you. Yeah, yeah. And... You hit so many good stories and you see so much positive stuff that it really gives you a boost. Instead of listening to all the politics and the nonsense on social media media and stuff, and you actually sit down and talk to these people, it actually really does give you hope and it shows you again what a fantastic country we actually live in. And, yeah, okay, we were in Muriersburg again. Outside the city hall, one of the most beautiful little statues. Again, it's a Great Trek memorial. The Great Trek, I don't think there's a single Dorpy in South Africa that doesn't have something to do <laughs> with a Great Trek. Yeah. But it's a really, it's, an, it's quite an emotive one, and it's, it's almost a mirror image of the Carl Fro monument there outside of Harry Smith as you go down um, the, the pass at Harry Smith. Okay. And there's this, this lady. It looks, honestly, it looks almost like the, the, the Carl Fro, one of the more, more emotive kind of monuments there in front of the city hall. Yeah. 
And then you're heading up again, Citrusdal, Clan William, Claver to Van Rainsdorp. And that whole area is absolutely humming. The irrigation's humming, the farms are going, and it's but as of course as you're going further and further north it's getting drier and drier. But luckily it was raining for most of that most of that day, so all of that area is getting a little bit of water. Yeah. And Van Rainsdorp is one of my stranger memories. Years ago I did a trip from Lambert's Bay across to Oatson and we tried to do it entirely on dirt. And one of our stops was Van Rainsdorp. Okay. And we'd stopped at the local supermarket. All the way dirt road. All the way dirt road. <laughs> <laughs> that must and have been fun. No, it was, it was again, it was one of those awesome, it was one of those awesome, awesome little days. It was a day. It took us an entire day to do the 400 odd kilometers. And it was farm roads and had to open up farm gates. We were caught in a massive thunderstorm. We actually had to stop because oh. we lost the road. <laughs> there was so much water in the Karoo, you couldn't actually see the road anymore. The whole Karoo was just underwater. They just actually had to stop and wait for the water to flow away to get the road again. <laughs> but Van Rainsdorp, we'd stopped in town to go and do a little bit of shopping at the local supermarket. And it was the weirdest thing. It was almost like a bit of zombie land because there were like five or six people lurking in that um, park <laughs> or, that, or whatever it is over the road. And they were like walking in slow motion and staring at you. <laughs> okay. and, and we just got out of the shop my son I think at that stage was only 3 or 4 years old and my wife's looking at this and she's going I'm really uneasy this is really not cool <laughs> and eventually we both look at this we thought okay we didn't even unpack the shopping bags we just threw the shopping bags as they were into the car piled the sun in closed the doors and raced out of Van Rainsdorp because it, <laughs> like, it was like a bit of a, a bit of a zombie and I'm, I'm probably not being very friendly to Van Rainsdorp because Van Rainsdorp actually has got quite a lot to offer. It's got an interesting little museum. It's actually got a radio museum in it. It's called the Latsky Museum. which okay. shows the whole history of radio and telecommunications and stuff. I think and it's I've got a tile monument. One. It's one of the towns in South Africa that's got a tile monument. <laughs> we, we mentioned we mentioned the tile, the language monuments. Oh, yes, yes, we yes. We mentioned those. So they've actually got one of, one of the 11 <laughs> tile monuments. In fact, I lie, there's now 12 because I found another tile monument that no one knew about on this trip. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was actually pretty cool. But yeah, but then, then we headed out to a town called Nivotville. Now, Nivotville, the road to Nivotville is a massive surprising road, beautiful tar road, but you're on the flat coastal, coastal plain and in the distance you've got this, this, this massive mountain range. And as we're now driving up, up, to, up to the spot, we suddenly see an, an, Audi, an Audi R8 come screaming past us. And you go, okay, that's a bit of an unusual car to see in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> down, yeah. down the road on the other side <laughs> comes a five-liter Mustang come screaming down the other way. <laughs> okay. you, you sit there going, hang on, guy. These are not like holiday cars and stuff. These, these are, these are people out of their toys. Muscle, yeah. Serious muscle cars. But then you hit the Fun Rains Pass. And man, what a magic, beautiful road. Okay. The, the signs warn you, slippery, slippery and dangerous in rain. It's a huge, it's a steep pass. It's a seriously, seriously steep pass. And you can see how dangerous it is because there's plenty places where the Armco barriers have been squashed. You see the wrecks of a couple of cars and trucks on the side. Obviously, the driver's just not being careful enough, or the trucks are particularly coming down the pass, not, not engaging yeah. the correct gears and losing it on the pass. 
all brakes catching fire, all those kind of fun things. Oh, but yeah. what an absolutely magnificent drive. And we stopped at the little viewpoint, and you, get, you, you must be able to see for, see for about 200-odd kilometers over the coastal plain as you're looking out towards the ocean. Sure. So absolutely stunning, stunning drive. And that was a real surprise. I wasn't expecting huge mountain passes and stuff up that part of the world. Yeah. And certainly not a pass of, of, of that kind of caliber. And then you get into Nivotville. And one of the slightly more <laughs> surreal things that I've come across in Nivotville. And maybe I should put Nivotville into context because Nivotville's got a little spot there called the Skilt Monument. <laughs> Skilt I don't know if I've monument. spoken about the Skilt Monument. But there's a monument outside the church. Again, beautiful neo-Gothic type style church in Nivotville. Now, Nivotville is not big. Nivotville is, is 20 blocks of town. Yeah. The nice part about Nivotville is as you drive into Nivotville, you get this beautiful smell of roosterbrot. <laughs> and there's, there's the vendors on the side of the road doing roosterbrot on the side of the road, selling it for like five bucks a pop. Okay. And that smell of baking bread is just fantastic uh, as you go into town. Is it, is it the, the pot bread? It's, it's, no, it's the bride bread. It's, oh. they've, got, they've got little grills grills out, and like in okay. Joburg and Pretoria, see the guys doing the millies on the side of the road? Yeah. In Nivotville, they do, they do bread. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you get that beautiful smell of toast. <laughs> of toast as you drive into Nivotville. And the Skilt Monument. Now, there's this huge thing outside the church, a big monument outside of the church. And the story goes that at some point, the church was raising money for some, re- for some renovations. Oh, yes. And uh, somewhere along the line, the money goes missing. By the time they discover the money is missing, they pin it on a person, but this person is, is subsequently died. Yeah. So then the, <laughs> the story comes out that he was buried with the money. Now, I mean, the, the story doesn't really make sense. You don't bury someone with the money. You know, you're not going to bury hundreds of pounds or whatever it is with the guy. Yeah. You're going to steal it. You're going to walk away with it. But anyway, so yeah. they decide to exhume the body because now they're convinced that the money is 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 in the grave. They exhume the body, and there's no person in it, but there's a pig wrapped up in a blanket in the coffin. (laughs) So whoever did this pretended to die, put a pig in the coffin to give it enough weight, and and then got buried, and they never recovered the money. And the guy disappeared. And the guy disappeared. (laughs) So the pig in a blanket is quite a story. But then eventually they had to raise raise more subscriptions and the names of the people who raised those subscriptions now on the other side of this little monument. Yeah. And that's why it's called the Skilt Monument because they owed money yeah. to, to build the church. <laughs> but awesome. again, one of these funny little surreal moments that you hit on these road trips. In the middle of Nivotville, again, Nivotville seems to be having a bit of a resurrection and we stopped for lunch at a really nice brand new lodge, one of the best bubuetis I've ever had. The lady really produced an awesome one with the proper confit and the proper apricots. I mean, the stuff that you don't yeah. see in a normal one. This is a real good burukos yeah. in this little lodge. But in town, there's also a couple of little handicraft shops and things seem to be resurrecting a bit in Nivotville. Yeah. And next to this one shop, I stop and I look and I go, what am I looking at? And there's two cars parked there but cars that look like they're from mad max oh (laughs) okay (coughs) and i look at this and i get out and take a couple of pictures and i go what what am i looking at you how how is this possible in nivotville yeah 
And cha- I chatted to the lady at lunch. She says, no, 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 but they were making movies here in the Northern Cape. Oh. And they set up a massive movie set and there was actors and the whole thing coming out here. And it turns out that a, that a, like a kind of cult movie franchise called Death Race. Oh, yeah. Death Race was actually filmed just outside Nivaudville in the Northern Cape. Oh, my word. And Death Race 1 was actually the movie starring Sylvester Stallone. And it was the first movie he did just before the whole Rocky franchise. Yeah. So I don't know if Death Race 1 was filmed in South Africa, but I think the number 2 and number 3 were actually filmed in South Africa. And yeah. the owner of the local shop decided that they couldn't take all the cars away and he needed to keep one or two of them. So he bought them from the yeah. from the movies and he's parked them outside <laughs> his shop now. Awesome. So he got these two really weird Death Race cars. I mean, they're like armor-plated and play play guns on the thing. and yeah. you know, They really are weird, weird cars, but parked right outside the one shop there. <laughs> in Nivoteville, <laughs> but it, again, it's a it's a, such a positive story because you can imagine the amount of money that gets injected into the local economy yeah. if a major Hollywood organization comes and films for three, four, five, or ten weeks, whatever it is, outside yeah. a tiny little place like um, like Nivoteville. Yeah, no, no, it's, sure. it's, it's a weird story, but if you put it into context, how awesome it actually is. That that stuff is happening. I mean, okay, this is a good couple of years ago. Yeah. But yeah. it just shows that South Africa has got these, we've these got possibilities. The we've got the goods. We've got the goods and we can actually do this. So anyway, we, we head out of Nivaudville and then I'm expecting dirt road into, into Lurisfontein. But uh, a little bit to my disappointment, I hit a major tar road okay. all the way into Lurisfontein. And another massive positive story out of Lurisfontein. We get into town. Now, Lurisfontein has got the unique distinction of having the only windmill museum in the world. Oh. <laughs> Windmills. <laughs> the typical windpomp, the good old-fashioned Karoo windpomp. Yeah. <laughs> as the guys in Lurisfontein decided that they needed to um, commemorate what's or how important the wind, the wind pump is in South Africa. Yeah. So they've created this museum there. It's called the Fred Turner Museum. And Fred Turner, I had a long chat to the lady who's in charge of the museum, was a, I think he was a Scottish immigrant. He came through, built up a business, eventually settled in Lurisfontein, long involved story. But the museum is actually in the old Baptist church. The Baptist church amalgamated with the Dutch Reformed Church, and they decided to hold services in one spot. And the museum is now in the old Baptist church. Okay. And you can see it's a Baptist church, because when you, when you go into this building, the Baptists take um, baptism very, very seriously. There's an entire baptism font in the front of this church. Oh, yeah. And most churches have got like a little stone pedestal as a baptism font. Yeah. These guys have built like a half swimming pool in the church. Okay. As their as their baptism font, so it's a massive yeah. thing. It's, it's 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 probably five or six foot deep. Okay. And stares down into it. Now just forms part of the museum. So it's not just water on the head. No, no. I, 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 I think I think you have a total immersion <laughs> uh, with with these guys. But the museum <gasps> is all sorts of little artifacts and stuff to do with the town. But the Vin Pomp Museum, I think they've got something like forty five or something different windmills. 
standing outside, all all working and carrying on, right from the very early ones, right through to the newer ones. Yeah. And it's just it's just a an interesting little spot. I mean, I don't I don't see much significance in the actual history and development of the windmill. But it's just an interesting yeah. spot. It's, it's actually very photogenic because there's all sorts of photos you can take with different wind, wind windmills and blades and things turning and yeah. And but got chatting to the lady who who runs the museum there, and eventually sees that I'm really interested in this stuff. Says, "No, no, wait, wait, wait. Let me show you something. Let me show you something. I don't show a lot of people." Okay, cool. <laughs> Pulls out a bunch of keys and go around the back end of this, and then you've got another whole shed that's part of the museum. Which is dedicated to the old trek boers. Now the trek boers were a crowd of nomadic farmers. They weren't really fur trekkers, but they were farmers with no fixed home, but masses and huge herds of cattle and sheep. Yeah. And that Northern Cape area, the money there is all generated entirely on wool. Everything is wool. Okay. It's all merino sheep and wool. Yeah, and the farmers used to, the trek boers used to follow the rains, go head north, head south with their with their massive flocks of sheep. Yeah, but what struck me there was they've got an ox wagon in that shed there, which is probably one of the most beautiful preserved ox wagons I've ever seen anyway. Yeah, it's 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 to me it's an even nicer example of one of those original ox wagons than the Fort Trek monument has actually got in Pretoria. Okay. And it, one of those weird things that you go into this little town and you don't, just don't expect to see something like that. And this lady's yes. hidden it away in a little shed. She's got an old mill there, a whole lot of Trek Boer stuff, a whole lot of history on the farm, old photographs, a little mock-up of the Trek Boer tent. Like we've got a caravan with, a, with an yeah. awning. Yes. This Trek Boer's had an ox wagon with a tent. <laughs> Nothing that's new. Where not, caravan that, comes that's where caravans from. come from. That's why. That's why South Africa is such a huge caravaning country because it's a modern day version of a Volkswagen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is so awesome. But anyway, and again, huge positive story. I thought we were overnight in Lourdes Fontaine. Yeah. So I asked the lady, name of good guest house, please, in Lourdes Fontaine. She looks at me and she goes, Lourdes Fontaine is full. 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 <laughs> Lourdes Fontaine is full. All the guest houses are full. All the guest houses are full. The hotel is full. The guest houses are full. She phones one buddy of hers who I think had one, one room with an outside bathroom or something. I said, no, I don't do that. Not with my daughter. Yeah. And it's full because of all the workers who have arrived there in the last like month or two months to okay. work on the solar panel farms. Wow. Okay. And you stand back and you go, wow. I mean, you're talking Lourdes Fontaine. There's nothing in Lourdes Fontaine. It's in the middle of the Northern Cape, yeah, miles away from anywhere. But yet the place is booming because it has the, the, the solar power guys coming in there en masse to build these projects. Yeah. And it's so positive because... You're looking at this, and we always hear ESCOM and load shedding, yes. and, 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 yes. and, but no one ever speaks about what is being done to fix it. Yeah, like the street lights that burns all bloody day long. Yeah. And but, but yet, this, <laughs> they cut this, our power. this stuff is happening. Yeah. These solar farms are going, and, you know, so ask her, okay, where to go, where to go? She says, no, 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 she'll, she'll phone someone and, and we then get a phone, we then speak to a chappie in a little town called Brantfley. 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 Okay. Now these are all, I mean, you've got to look hard for them on the map and it's far northern Cape in the middle of the map, it's just salt pans and dust 
Anyway, so we go, go now heading off to Brandflay, 135 kilometers of dirt road into Brandflay. Okay. So we spoke to the guys, got two rooms for us, fantastic. Eventually we get into Brandflay. And again, huge surprise, fantastic little guest house there. Local, the, the, the local owner eventually turns out to also be a tour guide. So him and I have oh, a long chat on tourism like and stuff <laughs> and all the rest of it. So really cool. <laughs> There's one restaurant in town called Die Windpomp. I thought that was Die Windpomp. Die Windpomp, Die Windpomp <laughs> restaurant in Brandfle. Yeah. I thought kind of fitting, seeing as this is my quest on Windpomps and Windpomp museums. <laughs> then I'm now having dinner in the Windpomp restaurant. <laughs> and again, you, 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 you sit down in the spot and such a nice little cozy restaurant, puppy kind of place. The guy obviously has some kind of fetish on caps. There must be a thousand different caps that he's collected from people that are hanging wow. on the roof. Wow. Mm-hmm. Tables and chairs out, lady behind the counter, guy comes up. And some of the most beautiful lamb chops I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> now you're making me hungry. No, beautiful. I mean, but that, that, but yeah, those, those are the kind of places where you get that real food. Yeah. Fantastic lamb chops with, with, with chips. My daughter had a, like a, a chicken burger. It was almost too big for her to finish. <laughs> Later on, you hear one of the locals start up his little guitar and he's strumming his guitar and it looks like they're doing a bit of a real dance. That's like the local, one of the local specialities up there, up that yeah. area, the thing called the real dance. Okay. And you just sit there and you go, this is just so cool. And you chat to the lady and I'd wanted originally to eat some school pikeys and stuff and she says, no, I'm sold out. You go, okay. what do you mean you sold out? How, you're in Brunfle. How do you? No, no. Last week they had a thing called the bull run. Bull run. So the okay. bull run. Some kind of rally that came through town. And again, they cleaned out the town. So this kind of stuff is happening all over. And you can imagine, I mean, a couple of hundred people coming through on the bull run. Yeah. And cleaning out the town, just injecting money. Yeah, into these yeah. things, and I had, a, and I've got another couple of these stories on this one because, you now, know, what is the we, bull run? I actually don't know. I need to actually go and investigate what the bull run is. It's either a biker thing or a car thing. It must be. <laughs> yeah, but awesome. Yeah, it's just nice to hear these kind of stories. Yeah. So we spent the night in Brandfle. I found another little monument in Brandfle that we didn't have. Okay. Um, it's a 19, another 1988 Trek memorial. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> 1988. 1988 Trek memorial. Those guys okay. traveled. Yeah. Those guys traveled. But then from Brandfle, we went to a little town called Van Weeksvlei. Van Weeksvlei. Van oh, yeah, that's, that's the one we were talking about in the break. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> now, out of Brandfle, uh, uh, these are now all dirt roads. And I actually hit my first puncture as I came into Brandfly. I had to go to the co-op to have my, my puncture fixed because you're driving and that's it's what the Afrikaners call lay clip. Oh, which yeah. is, and it's that very, very sharp stuff. So I hit a puncture as so I had to have it fixed in, in um, Brandfly. It cost me a whole 22 rand 40 cents to have my puncture fixed at, <laughs> at the local co-op. Awesome. I figured for that amount of money, it's not worth me doing it and sweating under, under a car in the hot sun. Yeah. <laughs> for 20 bucks, I'll get the co-op to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, then we go to Fun Vakes Flight. Dirt road again, perfectly good dirt road, but we get into this into Fun Vakes Flay. Now, I, I should have had a premonition because when I put Fun Vakes Flay into my GPS, 
The road signs were saying 110 or 120 kilometers, and my GPS was saying 180 or 200 and something. Oh, yeah. So I'm registering, and I'm going, okay, something here is not making sense. So I keep on checking road signs, and it keeps on saying, no, you go, you're right, you're going the right way, fun face, way, fun face, like. <laughs> As I get to the T junction, my GPS is trying to tell me, bud, turn right, turn right, get out of here, turn right. But the town is on the left. So I ignore GPS and I drive into Van Vake's flight. And of all the positivity that I've had, Van Vake's flight was actually depressing. It has to be one of the most neglected and one of the dustiest, most nasty little towns that I've ever driven through in South Africa. And it reminded me of early 2000s going into Mozambique where you see these little villages devastated by war. The front, the shop fronts are gone. The yeah. doors are out. The buildings are a wreck. There's people literally camping in the ruins of these little, yeah. of, these, of these buildings. I was the only car mobile in town. Wow. The police okay. van was parked outside the police station. There wasn't <laughs> another car in town. I was the only car driving around town. And a couple of people straggling in and out of one of the supermarkets and stuff. But the place is dead. Yeah. It's absolutely dead and it's gone. And it's it's actually a bit sad on that one. The positive side of it, I found I found Tal Monument number twelve <laughs> in Van Vice Flight. <laughs> the 1975 Van Weegsvlei erected a tile monument for the 100th anniversary of um, Afrikaans and in Van Weegsvlei it's all broken and it's dusty and it's not looking great but I found tile monument number number 12 so I actually I was actually very chuffed about that <laughs> but other 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 than that Van Weegsvlei has not got a much, much to recommend it but yeah. then from from Vakes play the next the next stop was up to Priska. And again, you start out on dirt, and probably some of the worst dirt road I've actually hit in South Africa was coming out of Van Vakes play. Terrible potholes, corrugations, you name it. And I was thinking I'm actually gonna get another two or three punctures, but I, luckily I didn't. Yeah. But then you're coming out of and then suddenly like 40 Ks outside of Priska, tar road. Pristine, yeah. brand new tar road. And you go, <laughs> okay. What's how, 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 how does this work? Three or four kilometers down the road, you suddenly hit this utterly gigantic solar and wind farm. <laughs> There's just wind turbines. There must be close to 200 or something odd wind turbines on the one side. Eight hectares of solar panels wow. on the other side. That's huge. It must be kilowatts. It must be thousands of kilowatts being developed there. And it's 40 k's away from one of the most depressed little towns I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully that kind of stuff spreads out and Van Vakesvlei eventually gets it. Because, I mean, if 40 k's down the road, I'm sure the sun is going to be the same. Yeah. So maybe, maybe something happens down in a spot Van like Vakesvlei. that. <laughs> you know, and then we get into Priska. And driving into Priska, something I'd, again I'd never realized, at the T-junction there's this massive factory. And you go, okay, now what? It's a peanut factory. It's a peanut processing plant. I never okay. realized that our peanut business was actually that big. Huge peanut factory. <laughs> but we stop. We stop in. We get into Priska, and we go in. And the first stop there is a there's a beautiful old Boer War blockhouse in Priska on top of the on top of the hill that sort of guards the town. 
Yeah. What makes it interesting is made entirely out of tiger's eye, tiger's eye stone. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's, it's a little bit dilapidated inside, but it's, it's, it's beautiful to stand on top of the mountain because Prisca is on the Orange River. So you get a really nice view of the town. You can see the river snaking sort of through the hills. Yeah. And while I'm standing on the mountain, now my car has still got some, has got some um, magnets on the door for pit stops, my diesel app. Oh, yes. And there's another car from Gauteng Park there. And I've gone into the blockhouse. I'm having a look at it. I'm trying to get an artistic shot or two of the blockhouse. Again, our, our, the, the photo on our app was not a great photo, so I'm trying to get some decent photos. Yes, yes. And the people in the car engage with my daughter in some conversation, and they go, we use that app. Oh. <laughs> and my daughter goes, oh, really? You use pit stops? Yeah, no, we use pit stops. And eventually, I'm like, dad, 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 come, come talk to these people. Come talk to these people. <laughs> come, come chat to them. And it's visitors from, I think they were from Gauteng, but they do park runs. And okay. they travel all over the country doing park runs. Okay. So four of them hop in a car and they drive halfway across the country, do a park run for a day, then turn around and go back to Joburg. Oh. But, <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's engaged in some conversation with these guys. Yeah. Tell them about the road trip app. And they go, hey, wow. So I got two downloads while we're standing on top of the mountain. Because yeah. they never knew that, that that road trip actually existed. And they said, wow, that's exactly what they're looking for. Because, yeah. again, just like us, they went up there because they knew that it was this little oddity on a mountain. And that's what, it, what, yeah. what's, what, what's, what they enjoy. And people that like to travel, they no, absolutely. love this. Absolutely. <laughs> so then, yeah, so that, that was Prisca. Not much more in Prisca. There's one weird one in Prisca. There's, there's outside the town hall, there's what looks like a, a meteorite. <laughs> mounted on a, on a little on a concrete plinth. So you've got the town hall, you've got the meteorite. The other side you have the Drake Monument. <laughs> <laughs> another one. Yeah, another one. But there's no info on this meteorite. We've been looking for me- info on this meteorite for like two, three years. We cannot find any other info on this meteorite outside that's, the town hall in Prisco. Yeah, that's there, there was a plaque on it, but the plaque has been stolen. It's obviously some kind of metal that the guys feel that they can sell. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so that that's Prisca head head on the road again because now now we're on the now we're on the banks of the Orange River. So we drive into Douglas, and uh, lots well, of irrigation, lots of irrigation schemes, lots of farming. Just good to see the stuff. The co-ops of the co-ops are booming, and getting to Douglas, we eventually had a had a look at the confluence of the Vaal and the Orange River. There's a nice little viewpoint there that you can use for a little picnic or something if you really wanted to. Yeah, yeah. And we find two new <coughs> memorials in Douglas to the Farber family. Again, we've got to do some research on this. Outside the church, on two, two of the street corners, are memorials to members of the Farber family. No idea. Okay. We've got to go and have a look. I don't know if they were Duermanis or the initial people who set up Douglas or part yeah. of the pioneers. or, But, yeah, two little memorials to the Farber family that we need to go and have a look at. Okay. And then we head from Douglas into Kimberley. And Kimberley's growing on me. Kimberley is a bit of a dusty – it's a real mining town. I mean, that's what it's there for. It's yeah. a diamond mining town. It's a real mining town. And it never really appealed to me, but it's definitely growing on me. It's got so much historical value, and there's so much to see and do in Kimberley. And another great story, we go to the hotel that we normally stay at. We get to the gate, and the security guard stops us. Are you staying here? Yes, well, I'd like to stay. I'd like to inquire. No, sorry, sir, you're not allowed in. 
Whoa, yeah, what do you mean you're not okay. allowed in? How can I not be allowed into a hotel? No, 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 no. The hotel is full. <laughs> again? I look at this guy and I go, you can't be serious. Not again. Not, you know? And, I, and he, mutt- he muttered something about the Greekers or the Greek what team or something staying in the hotel. And uh, I don't know if it's the Greek rugby team or the cricket team or whatever it was. Yeah. But they were obviously on limit and the hotel was full. Yeah. And again, awesome news. Kimberley is really struggling with tourism. The hotels have taken a hammering. Yeah. But it was full. <laughs> <coughs> so it forced us to go and spend the night in one of my favorite spots, the Kimberley Club. <laughs> yes, the Kimberley the Club. The Kimberley Club. So we <laughs> sat there with the ghost of Cecil John Rhodes again. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard so many times you talk about that place. I really want to go there. You've got to. <laughs> seriously want it to go is there. Stepping, you step back a hundred years. <clears throat> mahogany staircases, beautiful old bar, silverware everywhere. Yeah. The gentleman smoking lounge, the staircases, the portraits, the the old leather. Yeah. It is, it's a mind-blowing little spot. Yes. And I think there were only three rooms taken. Myself and my daughter took two of them, and I think there was one other room going, so they couldn't offer us dinner because yeah. the chef was off. The chef had been given the day off, and we arrived too late to keep the chef. <laughs> <laughs> so they directed us down to a beautiful steakhouse in Kimberley. And again, one of the, one of the, most, one of the nicest T-bone steaks I've ever eaten in a little roadhouse kind of place in the bottom end, bottom end of Kimberley. Okay. Certainly not fine dining, you know, but the yeah. food was just amazing. Beautiful steaks. Yes, you are making me. So- <laughs> <laughs> I haven't eaten. So yeah, so we decided, we, de- we decided to spend the night in Kimberley, <laughs> and then the normal road from Kimberley back to Johannesburg is a terrible road because you got to go down, you got to go through places like Volmar and Stutt, and then you hit Clarksdorp and Potch and Stop Go Robots and oh, traffic lights. Yeah, it's a terrible that road. road. I know That's that a road. terrible road. So I decided to bend up slightly north, so we went up through Warrington. <laughs> And Warrington, again, Northern Cape, has got to be one of the most abused and terribly run towns I've ever seen. There's more pothole than road in town. There's rubbish all over the streets. It was terrible, absolutely terrible. But it just shows the difference. You hit hit those little pristine towns in the the Western Cape that literally there's not a piece of rubbish running anywhere. And then you hit the Northern Cape. And I'm not saying it's a provincial thing. It's got to be local government. Yeah, but it was it was disgusting. And then out of Warrington, um, we we headed out through to Christiana. Oh yes, and again there were there were times that you couldn't drive on the tar. We actually I actually went off the road to drive on the the side of the road the the the, the verge. Yeah, because driving the verge was easier than driving on what remained of the tar. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> I know they're from Fentersdorp. If you take the wrong road there, there's a road like that as well. Yeah. And it's not. It's like 25 kilometers, but it took us an hour to drive that 25 no, terrible. kilometers. And it's just local government. The money just disappears somewhere, and there's just no thought of maintaining it or anything. Yeah. But then eventually we get into Christiana, and I learned something in Christiana. <laughs> Because we had, we had on our app the, the church. It's called the Klipkerk. And it's a church done by or designed by the artist Gerard Moerdijk. And Moerdijk is the guy who designed the Fortrecker Monument. Oh, yeah. And when you hear the name Gerard Moerdijk, you know that you've got something special in front of you. 
<laughs> the guy just had an eye for proportion and size and stuff that is just mind blowing. And that Klipkerk in Christiana is is it's a mind blowing piece of architecture. But we found a nineteen thirty eight Trek memorial outside the church. And it's one of the nicer ones because those 1938 ones has always got the concrete with the Oxwagon tracks and the hoof prints and stuff. Yeah. They've done this one very, very nicely because there's actually a relief map done, in, done in, in the cement. Okay. And there's little impressions of Oxwagons and a couple of figures in there. And it's, a, it's, just a, it's an unusual one yeah. that we haven't seen before. And I thought that was actually pretty cool. But across the road... Is, a, is again one of the 19... In fact, there's two 1988 Trek memorials on the other side of the road. One is that normal little 150, 150-year plaque thing on a, on a little pyramid. Yeah. But there's another one, very nicely done in marble, and the, it's, it's like two layers of, of, a, of a plinth and then the, an Oxwagon wheel on top of it. Oh, nice. But the, there's a name on it, and the name is Magrita Prinsloer. Okay. And I'm looking at this and I'm going, why, why do we have a Magrita Prinsloer 1988 trick name on this thing? I, I, I don't understand. So we actually had to go and ask. And we asked the guy who runs the museum down in Potchestrom, very, very well-known historian. And he told us that Magrita Prinsloer was one of two survivors of the Blokrans massacre. Oh. And the Blokrans massacre was one of the side events of the murder of Petra Tief at Ginginklovu, and, and, and Dingan sent his MPs out to go and wipe out the rest of the Fortrekkers. Oh. And those were the nighttime attacks on the lagers that the Fortrekkers had at Blokrans and at Vienen, etc. And okay. she was one of the survivors. And she survived with something like 20 Asagai wounds on her Ooh. And it was it was horrendous, but I just thought you know, once I found that out, I think how special is that to name the memorial? And it turns out that the ox wagons used in those memorial treks were actually had names on them. Oh! And the ox wagon that came up through Christiana was called the Machrita Prinsloer. They wow. christened the ox wagons. <clears throat> yeah. And I never I never knew that. And I just thought that was that was just so cool. Yeah, that is cool. <laughs> that is cool. So yeah, so the Oxwagon that went through the Northern Cape and the West Transvaal was the Machrita Prinsloer Oxwagon. Awesome. That is brilliant. Yeah, so yeah, there we go. And another hour's gone. So and again, <laughs> no, not, 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 not much left after that. We went up sort of through Schweitzerenica, Dilla Ravel and back into Joburg. Yeah. And uh, those little towns again, Dilla Ravel is worth a stop. Obviously, De La Rayville is named after General De La Ray. Yeah. And there's a whole gaggle of things in, that, in town commemorating him. Yes. But I think, I think that's it, Vinyat. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to play you a song. Train na Pretoria. Because <laughs> we're back in Pretoria. <laughs> We've circled 3,600 kilometers in, 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 in four days. <laughs> okay, now I just need to find it. It's gone. Why is it gone? <laughs> okay, well, in that case, I'm gonna play you this one. It's Toes by Zach Brown. I got my toes in the water, ass in the sand. Not a worry in the world, a cold beer in my hand. Life is good today.